coming up on The Medicine Podcast. A really good relational inventory to take is, am I getting enough in this relationship to grieve the loss of what I'm not getting? Relationship is going to give you everything. There's going to be things that you have to let go of, but am I getting enough to grieve the loss of what I'm not getting? That's so really good. good. Oh yeah. my God. Damn. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and this episode is brought to you by Immune Intel AHCC, the world's most clinically researched specialty immune supplement in the world. You can grab some at themedicine.com forward slash products. And next to me here is this beautiful blue-eyed magician, lover, king, warrior that I get to do life with. What is going on, everybody? We're back on the Medicine Podcast. We're talking about one of our favorite topics in the world, relationships. And we have and just an incredible guest today that we're so excited to talk with. Kathy Courtney, welcome to the Medicine. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with both of you. And I just loved watching you introduce your lovely husband, and see how you sort of lit up at that introduction. That was sweet. Yeah, he he never knows, you know, what what he's gonna get with my intro. Sometimes it's, you know, my future baby daddy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, we're just so excited to have you here, and um, you know, I just want to jump right into it. Why do you? What is it about relationships, conscious relationship work? that keeps you leaning into this space? What is it about relationships that makes you dedicate so much of your life towards this work? Yeah, I think really what it comes down to is we're all on a path to wholeness. I believe we come in whole and then life happens, limitations, conditioning, and all the things, trauma, you name it. And then we move towards back towards wholeness. And I think that's the journey of our life. And for me, being in relationship and working in relationship is this beautiful mirror to look at the places inside of ourselves that we're not whole, that we're not healed, that we're wounded, that we're um, places that are in the shadow. And it's through the lens and the workings of intimacy and all the blocks to intimacy that become the the gateway, the gold. And I get so lit up by that transformation that I see happen both in myself and in others around me and the people I work with. It is the most enlivening, juicifying, exciting thing. And honestly, like I can remember as a little girl, just so badly wanting people to love each other. Mm. I grew up in South Africa and there was just a lot of suffering around me. And so I think it was like a, a, a real sort of girlhood dream to help people come toward each other again. So it's the conscious relationship, but it's also conscious relating in any relationship, in any relationship to other or to life or to yourself or to, you know, to to life itself. So that's what I would say. Yeah, I love that. We 
we overcomplicate things so much <laughs> every day we are overcomplicating things and you know i open social media or you see a news headline about the global crises going on um all around us seemingly every day and you know it i get into a place sometimes where it, i get really really sad at the fact that we as humans haven't figured out just how to recognize another human as just an extension of yourself in some way and that fundamentally we are all exactly the same and we fundamentally all want the exact same things you know health happiness a long life with people you love like probably the majority of people out there that's really when it when it boil you know when it comes down to it like that's probably what most of us are searching for wanting um and you know it 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 just makes me sad that we haven't figured out how to just give each other the most basic decent respect and it it all comes back to individual relationships and how we are individually showing up in our life to our loved ones and our family and community and then extending out into the world and you know i'm curious to hear from you with obviously this deep-seated very early on passion or longing to see people love each other and get along and all of this like what are you seeing you know when you look out into the world right now like how do you view it i see it that way as well it's it's really in our in at home in our relationships and how we're relating to people that actually has the impact on the world but I would say even before that, when we don't recognize that what we're seeing reflected is really a reflection of ourselves, we're going to be relating to the world and to people around us from from at like sort of as a mirror of ourselves. So that all sounds wonderful. And yes, that's the path. But the first thing we need to do is really look at ourselves and see how are these things that we like to other, mm -hmm. you know, like we like to make it wrong or that's not me. You know, we, we get into judgment, we get into polarization, we get into all those things because we're not, we're not actually looking at ourselves. We're not looking at how that's reflected in ourselves. I think that is really at the core of this and it's not that you have to do all of that first and then be in relationship i think a lot of people have that that misunderstanding that i have to be whole and healed yeah to an extent but i think it's more the understanding than the actual being healed it's like it's an understanding and a knowing that that i and how i'm relating to this is at the key or the core of everything and as long as I know that this is the path and I'm aware and I'm holding that in right relation, then then I'm in in a good place. And and I will be on a path of healing that's going to continue and continue and continue. Yeah, yeah. Be beautifully put. You know, in our relationship, we got together really young and we got married super young and we had this codependency that was you know, seemingly really functional for a long period of time. And it was like really beautiful in a lot of ways. But as we both changed those 
the codependent tendencies became really, really clear and they seemed and felt pretty unhealthy so much so that we ended up, you know, splitting up. But there was this, this lack of an individuation process that had not taken place in our own lives because we'd gotten together so young. We literally went from being codependent for, uh, with our parents' relationship dynamic into being codependent in our dating life and marriage, et cetera, and just never had that allotted space to figure ourselves out. And when, because of the fact that we got together so young, that figuring out face, that, that, that individuation phase is usually going to include maybe stubbing your own toe, fucking up to a certain degree, because that's like actually the most profound way to learn. The challenging part when you get in a relationship, and in our case, especially so young, is that those fuck-ups don't just teach you a lesson. They might actually hurt or damage the other person in the process because you are in this domain of the relationship. And so we almost had this like, we broke up and got to figure our shit out with with the uh, scope of the liability being quite enclosed just to our life and our individual lives that if we fucked up or we we chose a bad decision that we had to learn from, it was really our lesson to learn, our own self-inflicted pain, and we were kind of able to crawl back through those issues without impacting people in our life that we love, like a wife or a husband or even kids in a, to a certain degree. Can you talk a little bit about what it looks like to individuate or to find your own you know, ability to love oneself while being in the dynamic of a relationship such that it's not like hurting the other person in the process. Like I'd imagine there's a way to do this with a little more delicacy than than we did when we were trying to figure our shit out. <laughs> way to go right in there, Chase. <laughs> this is the ultimate question. How do we do relationship in the in the healthiest way that has the least negative impact on the whole, on all the people around us? Yeah. I love that. First I'd love to say that how beautiful that the two of you, it only took you three years to figure out you were not going in the right trajectory and that you course corrected and did your work and came back. And And you mentioned codependency. Well, I think so many of us are recovering from codependency. And I, as you two may have figured out, it's not that you, it's not like a one and done, like I'm healed and now I'm free of it. It's a lifelong I'm I'm very humble to that pattern myself. And it, you know, it will continue to show its head in different ways. There's a process of I, I think there's layers and layers of letting go. That that's a long process. So I just want to name that um first. I think that the process of individuation and some of what you're gonna hear, I teach this communication technology called circling, which we can get into a little bit later, but I love it as a map for individuation and, and health, as well as I use uh, work, uh, some of your listeners may have heard of Terry Real. He has a, a modality called uh, relational life therapy. So um, his map has been a really useful, helpful map to guide couples through um, skillful relating. So. In terms of individuation, I think it's always really important to for each of, of the partners to continue to do their own personal work, to be committed to their own work. 
One of the biggest things I think, and and you mentioned codependency again, um, in codependency, there's obviously a range of that. But one of the one of the main things is that I don't have enough awareness of a what's actually happening for me in the moment, um, how to communicate my needs or wants. But really, there's there's usually a fear underneath it that's driving it because I'm doing these things. I'm laying down myself and my needs so that I can secure something from you. My my pattern was. I will be the supporter and provider, and I will do everything to nurture you, but I'm not going to get my own needs met, but I'm going to do that because I know how to hold on to somebody that way because you need me. I create a need. Mm. So so I, you know, you have to go and look under like to the root of where is that coming from? Where's the original fear? So back again to individuation, it's gaining the uh, the capacity to even know in this moment, wow, I'm feeling um, whatever the emotion is, maybe it's sensation, the stories I'm making up. So just even how to know my own interiority, right? So then, and then it becomes like, okay, if I'm now relating to you, not to get a need met, but by actually revealing myself, in an authentic, in-the-moment way. And then you're doing the same, and I'm allowing you to be who you are in your individuated self. Now we can get to like clearly create an us because we're in a system, right? So, and 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 all of us rub up against our wounds. So, so also knowing when I'm triggered and knowing how to take ownership and responsibility for my for what's actually happening in me and learning how to communicate in a way that's that's uh, not going to put you on the defensive, where I can still seek to understand your perspective, where I can practice deep listening, where I can take what you say and actually get curious to know more. And then I'm allowing space for both of us to have our experience. And in that weaving, we can weave a shared reality. We can learn to negotiate. We can learn to uh, create agreements that are inclusive of both of us. I want to pause there um, and ask if that's answering your question adequately or like what does that bring up in the two of you? Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about as you've um, spoken to communication and communicating your experience and letting your partner communicate their experience and, and not making anyone wrong for maybe different different ways of approaching an issue or a charged topic. Um, and that is, I think, a ninja life skill is being able to hear your partner, like actually listen, listening to them and their what their experience is and um, not jumping to, you know, well, they're wrong because they're not seeing it the way that I see it, but holding their uh, experience at you know just as valuable as your lived reality your experience and it's a practice it's not a flip of a switch when someone hears that you know it's like oh okay yeah 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 totally when you're listening to this person you're listening to this beautiful woman's amazing voice explaining all of these wonderful 
things. And it's like, yeah, totally. That's the way to do it. And then you get into a charged conversation or an argument with your partner and that stuff goes out the window because we were so ingrained sometimes in our defense mechanisms, in our reactionary um, responses, rather than like taking a breath and remembering the tools that we learn on podcasts like this. And I think, you know, it took us uh, obviously a divorce in three years of figuring our own stuff out and, and learning from other people to come back to that place where it's like, okay, clearly we didn't have it figured out. We need to start doing things differently together if we want to have a different type of relationship. And so what's coming up for me is the importance and the, the emphasis on communication and that everything comes back to communication like throw away all the other relationship tools of the masculine and feminine and sexual polarity and all of these things that we talk about if you can't communicate effectively and respectfully with your partner things are not going to go well and things did not go well for us and last thing i'll say is is that I would say the majority of people that come to us with questions, women that I talk to, it's like 90% of people, it comes back to communication. So I'll let Chase jump in here, but I do want to you know, jump back into communication because it is such an important facet of healthy relationship. Yeah. I mean, what, what comes up and beautifully put, um, what comes up for me and, and what really resonated is this especially after this honeymoon phase or the phase of the relationship seemingly uh, feeling effortless, that first initial charged conversation or, you know, let's say it's the first half dozen charged conversations or feelings of like something's not particularly as smooth as it once was, is that we may not even know why we're feeling that way. And we don't have the tools to even be able to self-assess as to what the trigger might be, where this is coming from, especially in young relationships. And so it's almost like the charged conversation or the argument or the communication will do nothing but make it worse because you, there's a there's more of a chance that you'll use projection of something that you will be defaulting to some level of blame with your significant other for that problem because you're subconsciously embedded in this sort of like codependent dynamic that I can't help but think the critical component to relationship success is this education and embodiment of practical communication modalities that probably start with the ability to self-assess where these feelings are coming from even to begin with so that you can set the table for having a conversation that's actually rooted in authentic feelings and thoughts that you might be having that are are removed of what we might in our very immature way or naive way of communicating at that point in time just end up being projections the communication of triggers or some level of uh, finger pointing or scorekeeping. So that's definitely what's what's coming up for me, which is just kind of piggybacking mm -hmm. on what, what you have to say, mm -hmm. which is like this component of self-assessment and, and communication is just so incredibly important and something that I think still to this day, before we have a conversation that's important or has some weight to it, the question is like, 
am I even sure about what I'm feeling right now? Like, am I even sure that this level of discomfort has anything to do with the relationship? Maybe it's just my own shit on something else. I want to be careful about how I use this feeling in our relationship dynamic because it might actually be with my boss or my dad or somebody else, you know? Yeah, or you might not be in a a regulated state to have a healthy conversation. If you're riled up about something, it's like, we need to be able to like regulate ourselves so that we can have healthy dialogue. But yeah, I'll, I'll kick it to you. Exactly. So there's a lot in there. The first thing you talked about nervous system. So I want folks to know that when you feel triggered and upset, it's not your, your adult brain is no longer on board. It's the implicit memory in your body. You know, we're always checking for safety, like four times a second. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And something happens out here with your partner. And if you're triggered, it's it's basically you're back in the past. There's something in the implicit memory stored in your body. So when you're feeling that way, know that you no longer have your frontal cortex online with you. And no good conversation unless you want to play out the drama over and over again and you're into that. Cool. <laughs> but if you want, if you want to actually have a healthy relationship and healthy communication. The first step is really knowing that that's happening. Oh my gosh, I'm flooded, I'm triggered. Now I'm in, I'm in my adaptive child. And so, and this this framework comes from Terry Reel's work, um, which comes from somebody else uh, named Pia Melody, by the way, who wrote a fantastic book about codependency and love addiction. And But anyway, um, the adaptive child, you know the adaptive child is on board when you're seeing things as black and white, right and wrong. You're rigid in your body. You want to be right. You, you know, we all kind of know that place that we go to. Or if I suddenly put up a a wall, that's all signs that you're now in your adaptive child. And couples get stuck in that all the time. So does the child have something to do with a a version of your your? childhood or a child archetype that plays out? Thank you for the question. Yes, it's basically what you've learned from ages, I think, like 7 to 20. It's how either you're responding as you saw a parent model or an adaptation to your situation, which obviously at the time was a very wise and smart adaptation for survival. Mm-hmm. But now in intimacy, it's a male male adaptation. It it doesn't work for intimacy. So that's the first step. And so whatever you can do to pull out the tools to regulate your nervous system and to tend to your inner child. So when that happens, the best thing to do is to call a timeout. You know, hey, I'm feeling really flooded. I want to continue this conversation, but I I need 20 minutes. And that's a really good thing to have agreed upon before those moments. So it doesn't like, you know, create more disturbance. So, and maybe you two do this is like just to have an agreement that when this comes, we call a timeout, but the timeout's not endless. Cause if you're an anxious attached person, as I am in the background, that's hell. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an agreed upon time frame, And during that time, you don't just go and shut down. You go and actively 
Do your nasal breathing to stimulate the vagus nerve and breathe into your belly. And calm. I know you talk to your listeners about this stuff, but like really calm your nervous system and also tend to the inner child. You know, there's some wound there that's happening. Can you can you do your work to really come back to center? Then when you come back at the agreed time, upon time, um, you really own your experience. Hey, when you said X, this is the story I made up about it. This is how I interpreted it. And this is how it feels in my body. And, and you know, like I think that there is like, I feel, I felt threatened. I feel sad and I feel myself wanting to pull away. And you might not know all of it. So maybe then you even say to your partner, please, um, I just want to request some patience while I work this through. There's something here. But I think this is what it is. And, um, you know, and then there's two ways you can go. I like to offer two um, options. One is what was happening for you? What What is your truth? You know, I know I had this story, but what is really true for you here? And so now you've set your partner up, you've given your partner space. You're not putting them on the you know, defensive, you're not attacking them, you're not making them wrong. You're fully owning your experience. The other path you can do is if, if there's been some space and time, it's a good place to insert a request. And that might look like, you know, I really, it would mean so much to me if you could blah, 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 or if you could really put your attention on this, that would be so meaningful for me. Is that possible for you? And then the other partner gets to say yes or no. And the, and the rule of thumb here is you say yes, you just say yes, because it's good for the ecosystem of the relationship, unless it's at too much of a cost to you. Mm. And you know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a really important piece is to to recognize when you're no longer actually present moment from your adult brain dealing with another adult. You've now both, you know, gone into your adaptive child and nothing good will come from that. Yeah. Just pain and suffering and disconnection. Yeah. Hey friend, I wanted to change the subject for just a minute to read something really important to you. This is feedback we received from a woman named Kelly, one of our amazing users of Immune Intel AHCC. She says, So I've been taking AHCC for a little bit over a month and my skin has never looked so good. I am 35 and have suffered from hormonal acne since I was a teenager. I thought I would never get rid of my acne. I just had my period and I have absolutely no pimples around my chin or jawline and my melasma is finally clearing up too. I have tried countless prescription and over-the-counter medications and have seen so many dermatologists with little improvement. Also, I feel like my hormones have balanced out. I am less irritable as well as less inflammation going on in my body, decreased back pain and bloating. I'm so glad I came across you on Instagram. Thanks for sharing the knowledge. Okay, here's one more, just because they light me up so much to share with you. This beauty is staying anonymous. She says, 
I learned about Immune Intel AHCC from you on a podcast, and in four months, it helped clear my persistent high-risk HPV that I've had for seven years. I love these two testimonials next to each other because it's a testament to the balancing and normalizing effect that AHCC has in each individual body. One woman was supported with her acne flares, and the other had support in clearing her high-risk HPV. I am consistently amazed by the power and intelligence of AHCC. To try Immune Intel for yourself, go to themedicine.com forward slash products, or just check the show notes below. Cheers, my love. These are really, really powerful tools. Thank you. Um, I mean, resonating for me even in, in the the request for a timeout like is such a just incredible tool that people should use early and often and and you know even even us i'm definitely going to be using that as a, a modality for future charged conversations hoping they're few and far between um <laughs> yeah, Not perfect absolutely yet. still have them but um it's so authentic which is what you want out of a charged conversation because this is actually believe it or not the discomfort of it for put they're putting that aside that these are the moments that you have to really grow in your relationship mm -hmm. and so they're you should partially get excited about them because if you succeed through them these are going to be yeah. like like memorable moments that yeah. stumbling blocks turn into stepping stones for sure and there's something so disarming about even less the words you say but the temperament with which you communicated them and and especially for a masculine being able to uh see the feminine in a spot of just vulnerability and and requesting um whether that be just to listen even if i don't necessarily know how to articulate the things that i'm feeling in this moment if i express them authentically there will be an energetic recognition from the from your counterpart who loves you if there's not if it's triggering further if it's causing further distance further coldness i mean that's good feedback too that's good feedback that you've just exposed your vulnerable heart in all authenticity to the person that you've identified as as the one you would like to share some level of loving connection with and it's not received or held uh sacred that's feedback that you this may not be the relationship yeah. for you and so I, I think we we communicate that often to our to our audience where it's like man, if you are kind of like stepping into this space of vulnerability and putting all the tools in and having nothing but, you know, the most up, utmost pure intentions in these types of conversations and you're still feeling reject coldness, man, maybe that's actually good feedback yeah. too. Yeah, I, it's a perfect segue to, I, I wrote down a question here for, for Kathy, like, okay, you're talking about, um, you know, getting out of your adaptive child and stepping into your wise adult and being able to communicate from that place. Hopefully both people together is the ideal situation. But unfortunately, um, <laughs> we're all well aware here that sometimes one person is willing to step out of that adaptive child and move into wise adult mode but they find that their partner is not willing to step out of the adaptive child or maybe they don't even realize that they're in adaptive child um that's a really hard position to be in for the for the one partner who's wanting to move past that or wanting to be in wise adult how do how does how does the wise adult communicate to their partner that like hey you're in adaptive child mode and okay. then go from there 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so if that were happening to me, and actually it did recently in a mild way, like it was not, it was not an attack, def- a defense attack. It was just a little defensiveness. Then I would say I'm noticing, or it seems as if, or I'm imagining, because I'm not saying you are. That's that's the worst. When somebody tells me what my experience is, mm. I just want to, like, it doesn't feel good, right? God, so, it's, we're so accustomed to wanting to do that. Like, I'll yeah. feel it on the tip of my tongue sometimes. They're like, ah, ah like, <laughs> I know, like, swallow, swallow, swallow. But, like, but, but how different is it to say, I'm imagining, because now I'm owning my projection. Mm-hmm. I see your face getting red. And I'm imagining you're, you're, this is landing or touching on a place that has you feeling defensive. Does that feel accurate to you? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, it's just that blah, 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 you know? And then, and how about, how about we take a little more time? Because I think we'll get a lot more out of this if we can both be in a grounded place. And I honor that you're not quite there yet. So I don't know. That's what I think that that's a good way to do it. As opposed to like, oh my God, I can't believe I've done this so well. And now you're defensive. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if that's happening all the time and you never get to a, a grounded uh, eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart place, well, that's a different conversation. But if I'm now learning a tool that I'm bringing to my partner and we've been in a different paradigm prior to this, it takes time. It takes one person being more regulated and in their adult self, it should ultimately shift the whole system, but it takes some time. So I would really suggest patience um, and commitment. And then of course, at some point, if nothing shifts, then that's a that's an inventory you have to take. Is this really the right connection for me? Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, what might be helpful in some situations is if you know someone is trying to have a, a healthy dialogue and move past and step into wise and dull and they just do not they're not being met in that place over and over and over and over again um you know i, I am not saying that the that the that the solution is like divorce or break up or whatever but i think the next um best step that i can think of is really conveying to your partner how much it hurts you, how how mm-hmm. sad it makes you that we can't get to a place where both of us are, you know, ready to move past or ready to evolve together. And like physically showing your partner how brokenhearted you are at this. Um, because I think a lot of couples get into grooves and patterns where one of the partners might just have this story in their head like this this is just how we are where the other person is like longing for more longing for a different type of connection and if they're not being met over and over and over and the other person is just like this is just how we are what do you mean like this isn't good enough for you this is how we've always been this is just this is just how it is with us and i think you know getting to that step where you can really authentically show your partner how broken hearted you are that yeah. this is not a priority 
um, to them and that it is a priority to you. I think that those instances are necessary sometimes, not in a, not to be just dramatic just for drama's sake, but if if breaking up or moving apart or divorce or whatever is on the table, it's like you you got to get to that place where you can really expose everything that's happening inside of you before you you know spring it on your partner that like hey we're not good we're not a good match you know I think that there's a few steps in between. Absolutely. And I think it could be something like, ouch, like every time this happens, I'm noticing it's chipping away at my generosity, at my ability to soften with you, my desire for you. And I'm I'm really working hard here to have us have a different outcome, but I want you to know that this is hurting me so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like really let your partner feel that. Ultimately, you need to have some leverage, but there is a whole range of that in between. Like it might mean that I'm a little more, I want you to know like I'm feeling closed off and like then I'm not available for as much sex, right? Like there's a way I'm not leaning in. Mm -hmm. I want to lean in and I can't lean in. Like I, I feel walls coming up, ouch. You know, yeah. and then, and then, if that doesn't work, then it's like, well, I can't do this. I'm reaching the end of my tether. Yeah, what do you think about that, Chase? Like, how would that occur if, um, as a man, if your if Mimi was coming to you with that? How well, does that land in your body? Yeah, I think definitely what comes up for me is, and and it's probably just speaking from my perspective, but. I typically just melt when I see that she is in some level of uh, turmoil and feeling um, sad emotions. Um, I also know that that is a spot where in the past, out of my own fear, because my a deep fear for me is that the feminine in my life is not savable. And so I will drop anything and everything and basically say, what do you need? What do you want? I'll do anything. And that's not always the answer either. In fact, it's interpreting the emotion and the feeling and being able to step into it with uh, still a level of leadership and um, ownership and responsibility and uh, for taking the relationship into a phase where we're we're not having to have these types of conversations where you're not having to have these types of feelings and so um speaking of taking taking inventory there may be a level of taking inventory as far as like hey what is it exactly that i'm uh, contributing to make you feel this way but at the same time in our relationship even it's been repulsive when i've done the I'll do anything you say. What do you want to? I'll make you happy. I'll try to make you happy with following the list or the checklist. And for me, there is like speaking to men or speaking to that masculine attribute. Oftentimes, it's a it's a validation uh, to to step into that space and to validate the feelings that they're feeling as true and authentic. But the literal words may actually not be. To, to follow the literal words or instructions from that place may not actually be what the request is uh, at its root. And so oftentimes it takes some level of interpretation. Hey, maybe it's 
it's not as much that I need to follow a, a to-do list as much as I need to step into presence and leadership in the relationship dynamic. Um, I need to be safer. I need to be more stable. And even if the things that she's putting down on this list are what she thinks she wants right now, as long as I'm nailing safety, stability, leadership, um, consistency, maybe it's actually those pillars of the relationship dynamic that she's asking for. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So what you're really saying is her list might actually be her nervous system dysregulated. Mm. And what's actually underneath that is her desire to meet you or to be met by your leadership, your stillness, your steadiness, and your presence. And that's, you know, and to hold space, to provide the container for her, for her emotions. Um, and for you to stay in your alignment as opposed to a collapse or a, mommy, mommy, I don't want to upset you. Like, that's icky, right? Right. Like, I'll do anything for you. Like, that's partially sweet and, and sick at the same time. <laughs> you know, that's the codependent apple that you just named. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, that's a big lesson for me. And I think in a lot of cases um, with other men that I witness, uh, both in our community as well as, as well as friends and, and various connections. And it's this, um, it's this masculine need to make sure that mom's okay. And uh, exactly. make sure that the feminine is okay. And, and that trickles into a lot of, a lot of different lanes for sure. Um, you know, we're 40 minutes in and, and everybody should be well aware that you're just a, a master in this space. Uh, so I'd love to give a, give a few minutes and a little bit of time just to allow you to explain, you know, what you do. You're clearly in this work on a deep level. Um, what is it that you do in the relationship domain? And then I'd love to get into uh, even further, some, some big questions around like conscious relationships. And so, but a few minutes here, like, what is it that you're doing on a on a daily basis in this in this space? Thank you. Um, I'm working with individuals, and I'm working with couples, and I'm working with groups. And my work with individuals is really uh, the relationship to self, um, how to find compassion ultimately for those exiled parts of self, those parts that have been cut off because at some point they were not perceived as lovable. And so coming back into a sense of relationship with self that feels um, loving enough, you know, loving enough so that I can experience some sovereignty and also be able to relate to others from a, from a more grounded, steady place, to have more understanding of myself, to know to help bring out the essence of me, my signature. What is my signature essence? With couples, I work a lot with um, a little bit of what we talked about. First, seeing what is the dance that couples are doing. It's like these two beautiful people come together and then you find yourself actually in a dynamic or a dance that has nothing really to do with the essence of you. And it's more the adaptations and what you learned from your parents and conditioning. So first seeing what the dance is and then doing some of the inner child work in front of each other so that there's greater understanding and then providing all the tools, relational skill, tool building. With groups, 
I have done a lot of work in the last year, and this is how I know Kyle is through uh, Fit for Service. I'm sure you're familiar. And I go and lead groups in a practice uh, called Authentic Relating or the Circling Method, which is just basically a communication technology that teaches all of these things about how to listen, how to express yourself authentically in real time, how to get curious, how to reveal myself, how to reveal the impact that I've had in being with you. And it's amazing that these groups, they don't, none of them know each other at first, but you guide them through these very particular exercises and very quickly people drop in and they have these experiences of being seen and heard. And, and uh, it's, it's amazing how something so simple is so potent. And I was just there last week and I had countless participants. We've been in a container for a year together. Come up to me and say, oh, thank you so much. I took the skill that you taught us and I went and had a conversation with my adult daughter and our entire relationship has changed. Wow. Or I've taken this back to my team and, and people are wondering what I'm doing because things have really, like my software team, um, and I'm actually listening to my team and like they're, everybody's noticing it, Tori. I mean, the countless stories of these, what feel like really simple ways of being. So those are the things I'm doing. And then I also go into organizations and work with the relational dynamics of a group. Because one of my favorite things is like noticing where there's the knot of the thing that nobody's addressing, mm. but everybody's organizing around. And it's amazing, like just if you create the right space and the right, the right ingredients, things just start coming out and that knot starts to release. And next thing you know, there could still be differences in the space, but there's connection in the differences. And it is remarkable how much that changes things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like conscious, or I love working with conscious organizations because the goal and mission is to have positive impact on the world. But if your relationships in the team are not in a clear, healthy space, it can't, it's not sustainable out in the world. So, so these are the places that I feel really passionate about working in. God, that's so good. I mean, coming that's from great. the, um, you know, my background is in business and it was in a financial consulting role. And then it was through, uh, you know, startup environments and early company experiences and the breakdowns are always human breakdowns. It's always emotional intelligence, relational intelligence. It's always um, egos and um, the arrangement of archetypes and personality patterns that end up (laughs) causing some of the most beautiful moments as well as the most challenging. And uh, the breakdowns are very, very few times is it always just a a strategic business decision that's the problem it's actually oftentimes the human beings that are you know pulling the strings if you will so i love that you're doing that work um because you know, everything's about relationships and it's not just in the romantic domain would love to know from you because we're in this this world of conscious relationship work what does conscious relationships a conscious relationship mean to you oh my goodness it's been changing at this moment to me, it means that there's there's a purpose for this relationship. I believe personally that where we are in this time, 
in this life on this planet and um one of the that one of the core important parts of transformation on a planetary level is conscious relationships okay we all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well we need non-toxic we need no pore cloggers we need acne safe for our face but what about the rest of our body I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now... All that is in the past because one of my favorite, absolute ride-or-die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their Soft Skin Body Lotion and Body Glow Hydrating Oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh, and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered, and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products, bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. Because one thing, very palpably put, and I'm sure you two have experienced this, when you get into conscious alignment and you've got a vision together, all the people around you are positively impacted. You create a, kind of like a, you know, if you think of a mycelian network, I love to think of that, that you create like a hub of light. And in all your doings and all your interactions, the way that the two of you are together and your energetics is actually really, really powerful. And it's expanding out. All of a sudden, other people want what you have. They feel inspired. You're in a conscious relationship also opening yourself. You're becoming more and more whole. And, and what you're bringing to the world is together is far more impactful than as an individual. But if we're caught in, in the sufferings and the disconnect and the this and the that, it doesn't free us up to be our best selves that, you know, that we're here to be. And we need that so much right now. We need so much healing. So for me, conscious relationship is doing all the practices so that we can be full, like empty vessels, move the energies here, create the manifestations through our energy, whether that's through sex magic or 
visualization or visioning, to, you know, visioning together. And then how do we use this as a positive, kind of like a lighthouse or a hub to help expand love and light out into the world? Mm. Yeah. That's what I would say. Beautiful. I totally feel that. The, when you talk about having a dream or a mission together, it's something that Chase and I talk about, you know, just in our own time together, but then also on the podcast, having a high dream that in that language is borrowed from our friend, uh, Jason Picard. And he really inspired us to develop, to talk about, to um, establish a high dream for ourselves and individually, and then also for the relationship. And so we we talk about this all the time, and it's not just one thing. It's it's changing and evolving, and it has different facets. But we openly talk about what do we see for our future, for our life, for our our business together, for our love together, for our future family. There's um, a certain nutrient in having a high dream that it's almost like that high dream also roots your relationship deeper and deeper into healthy soil so that you have sort of a North Star to, to help guide you in your daily relating with sure. because you have that high dream that has almost like its own consciousness to it. And that's what I've noticed with with our relationship as we've grown and evolved together. Having that high dream um, is really powerful as, you know, really building up the soil, the foundation of our relationship moving forward. It's it's such just a, a lovely reminder and and fuel to showing up your best every day for the relationship and for your dream together. Yeah. Part of that process is you you articulate the low dream. Like, hey, what does it look like when we're like doing the opposite of what we just spelled out? Yeah. And fortunately for us, we have context to know what it even feels like to be in the low dream. And so you get to this this space where you're actually like, man, this weekend was high dream. Like that was a high dream weekend. This was the best version of this relationship with you, with you and I, man. This was just like dunking from the free throw line. <laughs> of relationships uh, but we also have the we also have the low dream where yeah. where we can both in in love say like that was like low dream uh mm -hmm. dream moment for us or or i feel as if i'm having some of those thoughts that i was having when we were in the low dream of our relationship and it's right. and so like it really is beautiful context you can kind of like eliminate a lot of the excess words that are needed when you can just like pinpoint and clearly articulate what it looks like to be at these sort of two polarities. I love that. There's so much in what you both shared. First of all, when you speak, Mimi, or when you were just speaking, I felt uh, such beautiful resonance. Like I I feel there's a similarity in our, there's a flow that I'm like, ah, oh, the feminine, I just love the feminine. <laughs> but what came up for me in your speaking, we um, I just had the honor of receiving um, guidance at the summit I was at from John Churchill. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but he led us through. He's a long student of Buddhism, and he teaches with his wife. And he led us through this embodiment meditation, and it was the most powerful meditation I've ever been, ever been in. 
and he he brought us very deep into the roots of the earth and felt the stability of the earth. And he also brought us up into our pineal gland. And the one place that that really bridges those is the heart. So it's also, it's not just what is spirit guiding, how am I rooted? It's how is how is the heart leading? Mm-hmm. And that piece is so important. Um, the heart, coming back to the heart, how is that leading and guiding us? And then Chase, that description and and Mimi of the high dream and the low dream, I love that because it, like you said, it takes the words out. You don't have to get into the nitty gritty. And man, do I know that feeling. Like I just came off the seriously high dream where we were in the space and we got so many people coming up to us. Oh my gosh, you too. Yay. I'm so inspired. And it feels good. You know, can't lie. It feels good to be seen in your conscious relationship. But just like weeks before, I was caught in a loop of critical thinking. I learned how to criticize men through my through my mom. Men are always a disappointment. That's the that's the belief that was handed down to me. And I was churning and and wrestling with that, you know, wrestling. Um and I think like now that I've looked back and really drilled it down and like looked at the root of it, there's a there was a fear. Can I really actually receive all this love? And mm-hmm. I think we do I think we do that a lot. Like we create these blocks to to receiving. And they look different ways. But for me, in and maybe part of my low dream and our low dream is when I'm letting the fear start to actually be the thing that's presenting or guiding me or flooding me. And I think it's about him. But it's about my old fear. And then all of a sudden my thinking gets crooked. And um, so it's really good to know what your own low dream looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then being able to communicate that to your partner so they're not just left in the dark on why you're in a mood or why you're stressed out or what what is happening. I just I think that that is critically important. Um, and to frame it in a way when you are in a low dream moment that is not, um, you know, criticizing of your partner or um, accusing them in any way, but it's like, no, this is my experience right now. And I, you know, I would love support in this way, X, Y, Z, or like, I'm in a low dream moment. Can I have a hug? <laughs> Dude, guys out there listening, sometimes... <laughs> The answer is not an hour-long conversation of figuring it all out and sorting through your stuff and nitpicking all the childhood trauma and this and that. Like, If you're in a charged conversation and it feels right in the moment, she might just need a 20-second hug from you. She actually feels your body containing her. And sometimes... You know, that in a good long 10 second eye gaze or longer if you want, damn, that <laughs> that can do it. Honestly, it can almost like the intimacy of sex can as well, where if there's charge and, you know, we see that in movies all the time where, you know, they have a fight and then it's blow up and then it's makeup sex and it's, you know, super hot and heavy and charged and everything. And 
the sex sort of dissolves the separation that you're feeling um, between, you know, the, those two people. But I, I feel like the same effect, you know, can be even simpler sometimes with a hug, a long hug and a long eye gaze. You are immediately dropped into the reminder of like, oh, yeah, my partner is a human like I am. And they're going to do things that are going to piss me off. But damn it, I love this person so much. And I see their eyes linked with mine. I feel their body on mine. And that ultimately is the, I think, common denominator that can bring you back together in a moment of charge. Like it really can be that simple. Yeah, it's alchemy, right? It's like yeah. that's the the space where where alchemy takes place and structure and words and a lot of these strategies are really really helpful and they are tools that you should keep in your tool belt but occasionally or or maybe more often than not using the modality if you want to call it that of a of just physical touch and and the spiritual connection of looking at somebody in the eyeballs are you kidding yeah. me that is like so powerful and if you want ecstasy or molly available to you at any time just stare at <laughs> some <laughs> 60 seconds and your yes. tonin and your oxytocin and this this connection hormone these connection hormones and love hormones are just fireworks in your yeah. in your body and yeah. it's amazing so those tools are available too you don't have to overcomplicate this and yeah. sometimes um if you maybe if you lean into those more often mm -hmm. than not uh that's kind of the secret I, sauce i have something to, to piggyback on that and it, it ties back into something you were talking about with these companies that you work with where you you know change the dynamic and you you help them you know stay open i don't know if those were the exact words that you used but essentially it's staying open rather than closing off and um you know the that's so powerful because it forces you to open looking at someone in the eyes you're not looking down you're not like looking up trying to avoid their gaze and your body is literally open you are energetically and physically communicating to yourself your partner and the universe that like i am open here and i'm not oh. closing down oh we can we can cover ourselves up with clothes and makeup and <laughs> yeah. uh, different styles and, yeah. you can't bullshit the eyes you can't do it no nah. Like being nude energetically with someone when you just make uh, eye contact. Yeah. It's and incredible. Th those are the really, really simple, <laughs> so simple that I think they're overlooked so so much of the time. Those little things that you get in the habit of in conscious relating, looking your partner in the eye, opening your body to them. It's so simple, but they are potent. And for some people, that's too much of a leap, I have to say. Like I'm an eye gaze junkie. <laughs> and I love looking in people's eyes. I could do it all day long, seriously. Um, and there's some people I've worked with. So I, I offer couples this practice. And for some, depending on where they begin, it, it could be too much. So what I would suggest in that case, I think also sitting back to back and tuning your breathing together mm. is a nice one. And then also doing some simple partner yoga. So you drop into your bodies first and then maybe doing some eye gazing. Mm. So if you're somebody out there listening and you're like, eye gazing, are you kidding me? That's absolutely terif like terrifying to me. There is, we're all practiced at it and we love it. If it's too much, there's a way to get there. But it is definitely um, to find yourself on a trajectory toward that is key. 
And the physical touch, yes, like to just be held, to lie on top of your partner's body and just drop in and let them hold you. The nervous systems get to co-regulate that way. And breathing, dropping to breath, like rhythmically breathing together. And before you know it, you might be making love. I was just yeah, going to yeah. say, like, right. talk about foreplay. Like, you don't even need to necessarily kiss sometimes. Just the co, like the co-regulation of your nervous system and getting on the same frequency. In ex- it, like, it's like you're tuning your channels together. And sometimes that honestly is like the best foreplay is just breathing together, which yeah. is which is pretty nuts when you think about it. But um, I'm curious to hear from you. You know, you work with so many couples, individuals, obviously, and 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 groups. What other major, huge, massive communication problems or mistakes do you see with individuals or couples? Um, and what is your you know remedy to some of these massive communication problems? Well, there's a couple. There's, I think you know resentment that's you know that's the lack of communication Mm -hmm. um resentment is such a killer and even when people start to communicate if there's a lot of backlogged resentment it makes it really hard so sometimes it's providing a container of time to just share you know what what is on your heart like what needs to be what's been withheld And actually, to avoid that, what I do recommend for couples is a practice of appreciation and withholds. And I'll tell you how my partner and I are doing it is you start, you have a time container. It helps to have a particular time every week where this is what we do. We're doing a card share. And you start with one appreciation and you go back and forth and maybe it's three appreciations. And your appreciation is not like, Oh, I'm so appreciative how hot you are and how you made love to me. It's a story. Like, I appreciate the way you looked at me when we were in the grocery store and I was stressed. And you just held your gaze. And I noticed it really relaxed me and I felt safe again. I love how you did that for me. It's like that. It's not, you know, it's like telling the story of why appreciate it. Mm. And once that practice is, you've cleared that, then it's, I have a withhold and you share back and forth three withholds. So like this week when, you know, we're on the phone and you talked about X, um, I actually went away feeling why I felt, you know, closed off. Um, and then you say, thank you. And you go back and forth and back and forth. And then you each get to select one of those that you want to unpack further and you put a time container around it. So, okay, I want to bring up the one that you talked about around, you know, how I showed up at the dinner party and you you felt uncomfortable with. Can we unpack that one? And then your partner picks one. And you take you take maybe five to ten minutes to unpack a little bit deeper. And then it's you're clear. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 know you have that a week from now to do again this way. It kind of eliminates the need to always bring things up, the little nitpicky things. And it's a good inventory check. Like, what am I withholding that's actually creating a little distance? Or it's having me look at him a little differently, shifted my perception. 
So that's a really good practice, I think. That's that's helpful. The other is um, how to have more of what you want in a relationship. I think to go from, unfortunately, in in a heterosexual uh, relationships, um, women are more prone to complaint. And so, you know, and isn't it a classic thing? I can, as a man, I never get it right. I can never do enough. He never gets it right. You know, like it's it's this this classic dynamic. So to move away from complaint to request is a massive game changer too. How do you do that? Well, if you're not good at making requests, or you don't even know what the request is. If you have a complaint, take time to sit down and write the complaint down privately. Look at the complaint and see what the request is in there. There's a, there's a request in every complaint. When I come to my partner with that request, number one is to know that it's not a demand. I have to be able to take a no. This is not a demand, so take any energy away that feels like a demand. Your partner's gonna feel it. And you start by appreciating what's going right. Babe, I love the way you have been taking a little more time, you know, romanticizing me before we have sex. And you know what would really make a big difference for me is if we took even more time during foreplay. Would that be possible for you? Or, you know, that's just one example. Maybe it's like, maybe it's as simple as, as doing the dishes. I love how you've been making more of an effort in the house to help me with the kids. And it would mean so much to me if you could do more of the dishes. Oh, I would just love that. Would that be possible for you? I mean, what a difference then. Oh my God, I can't believe it. There's like a sink of dishes again. You never do the dishes. I've asked you a million times to do the dishes. I'm so overwhelmed. You know, like that's usually... That can be a very common way of complaining. So I'm going to pause there and see what, you know, see what comes up in the two of you around that. Hey friend, by now I think most of us realize that our earth needs our support more than ever. Sadly, most of the usable soil on earth has been degraded into lifeless dust by conventional farming's overuse of glyphosate and pesticides. This is a big problem for not only us, but even bigger problem for our kids' generation. Chase and I's favorite way to support the earth is by supporting the regenerative farmers who use methods that do not degrade the soil, but build robust, rich, biodiverse soil. Every month we receive our meat subscription box from Wild Pastures that provides a wide variety of meat, chicken, sausage, pork, beef, and even organ meats if we want. These are the best prices we have found on meat that's organic, pasture-raised, and sourced from regenerative farmers. And boxes are completely customizable to fit your family's needs. With Wild Pastures, you're not only supporting your family's health with the highest quality meat, you're also supporting future generations and our earth, our home. Now, Wild Pastures is giving you 20% off your subscription and free shipping for life. Just check the show notes below for our direct link and start building your first box. Enjoy. They're gold. 
Those yeah. are really, really golden nuggets. We have a practice we call the check-in, um, which is really similar uh, in nature to um, the request and and with withhold appreciation, yeah, appreciation, appreciation withhold, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, absolutely. I think those are really, mm-hmm. really practical and things you can get started on immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you know the oil changes for for the relationship and. Um, you know, these types of practices, when as we're talking about conscious relationship, these this is the time in the gym, getting the reps in. You're you're already in a healthy place. You already, you know, have a good amount of muscle mass on your body. You you look good, you feel good, and you want to stay that way. <laughs> and these, you know, check-ins as we call them, or the the practice that you just shared are beautiful and simple examples of how um, you can grow together using these tools, but also healthy relationships can stay healthy. Um, because as you navigate new seasons and cycles of your life, like you know, we don't have kids, but we're talking about it and it's it's in our, you know, near-ish future. And those are, that being parents is going to open up a whole new facet of each of us, whole new pockets of light and dark that are available to us and new buttons that get to, you know, be pushed for the first time. And it, it when we come into these new seasons and cycles, even though we're already healthy, even though we already have a wonderful relationship, like I want it to stay that way, you well, know? Well, yeah. Like one of the things that comes up often and then adds to the charge of one of these conversations that can turn charged is why haven't you been bringing this up? Why haven't we talked about this? You know, I, and maybe I'll just speak for myself because that's a lot of times when we've had conversations that, that are, you know, argumentative in nature, there's an extra layer to it if it's something that hasn't been brought up and it's been a long period of time. So what I love so much about these practices is that it actually eliminates that additional weight to a conversation that might need to happen in the future by simply having a a ritualized protocol for engaging in these types of conversations where very naturally Mm. these things can come up and be brought to the surface. Yes. And actually what's coming up for me as you're saying that is another important element is to make sure that in between all of these conversations, you have play. You're Uh having like play. You're having a range of experiences. You're dancing together. You, we have a ping pong table downstairs because we love to play ping pong together. Even like in the thick of a tense moment, it's like one of us can call it. Let's go play some ping pong. Oh, wow. Uh, and I beat him almost every time. <laughs> We're in like healthy competitive together. It's really fun. And like varying, you know, I think there is also a tendency to have to keep coming back to the work, which is awesome, but keep a balance of play and laughter and communi- communing with others and you know, have a range of experience. And that's what's nice about having like a scheduled practice. You know, it's there. You know, we're going to get to that. So that frees me up for, you know, these other things. It's meant to be joyful, joyful, relational joy. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I love that point. Key pillar of our relationship is play. When we were at our worst, our low dream includes a very little to no playtime. Yeah, play. 
laughter, you know, dancing in the kitchen, tickling each other, like till our stomachs hurt. Like, well, in the same way that an orgasm can cure a lot of pains, dry heave laughing can also cure a a lot of pains when it comes to seriously relationships. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, something we talked about a little before we even hit record and, and something that I'm sure you get often is, you know, we've articulated the conscious relationship idea and it's the question of how do I get myself a conscious relationship? And I think it comes primarily in in two buckets. It's it's those who are single or maybe they've been through a couple of relationships and they're at that point where they're just like, I'm tired of just mainstream dating or marriages and I'm really looking for this conscious relationship, this evolved relationship. Or I've been in relationship, I've been married, I've been in a serious, committed uh, relationship dynamic for some time, and I'm I'm wanting to take the step into this evolved uh, domain. How do I enroll my partner? So maybe if you sure. could those two parties, um, those are, I think, kind of the the seemingly unanswerable question, um, but but really really important and and uh, relatable for many. Yes. I think this my answer to the first one might be surprising and it surprises me a lot but I think this is what I'm coming to if somebody is single and really wanting to attract this partnership um I think one of the key factors is actually amplifying your essence well, what does that really mean like doing the work first to you know there's the obvious working on yourself, you know, looking at the old patterns in the last relationship and working on them. But truly, a lot of those you can't really get exercise with until you're in your next relationship. So so yes and, right? But like how much are you actually experiencing eros in life? Like how much are you allowing yourself to savor the present moment? How much are you expressing yourself freely where are your own like lack and limitation showing up in your life can i engage in activities that really i mean that's nature think about it like a flower doesn't sit and question a flower a flower is first nourished by the flower and then it sort of involutes and then it has this beautiful nectar that comes out and the right bees and the right hummingbirds and the right insects know to come to the flower at the right time. So that's where I would take it if somebody is listening and has been wondering. I mean, sure, there's good places to go of conscious-minded people that'll give you a higher, um, you know, probability, but work on your own pleasure in your own body and your own experiences, learn to pleasure yourself in many different ways. It doesn't have to just be sexual. It's it's how can I like take a walk out in the woods and feel the air on my skin and smell the leaves falling and cheer the birds and like open yourself up to ears. I love that answer. And it's it's a variation of one that I've given many women as well. It's like you will be more magnetic when you are experiencing more pleasure in your life all around. Like pleasure is magnetic. 
And if you're experiencing that, it'll be like a almost like a pheromone that's undeniable and magnetic. Exactly. It's very, it's very simple and not so simple for some reasons. We have to get past all the conditioning and fear. And anyway, I love that. I love seeing women enjoy that in themselves. And men too. Men too, actually. Yeah. Men, I think it's more getting magnetic in the groundedness of your being, in the the steadiness, your integrity, your clarity, your holding yourself. You know, I think it's it's the different energetics. Um, in terms of if I'm already in a very long term relationship, we've had a particular paradigm, and now I'm wanting something different. That can often create a, a, a wobble, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's a risk that needs to take. You need to take, and if you don't have shared agreement yet to go on that journey together, one person has to take have the courage to start of start to uh, lead the path. I have a great story of people we just stayed with last week. They've been together thirty four years, and they used to be. Um, I don't know if they were evangelical, but like really like staunch Christians. And she started on a path pretty young of maybe she picked up one book and maybe it was like a Carlos Castaneda or it was a something like that. And he started to get really scared and and it really went against you know his Christian beliefs. And it got more and more, you know, as she opened up one book, the next one opened and the next experience. And you know how that path to, you know, awakening and evolution happens. And he got more and more scared and they eventually uh, it created a rupture, and like you guys, they separated. Mm. They had three children, and they were at the end of two years. They were finally getting their divorce papers signed. They were in the lawyer's office, and uh, they had signed them. And the lawyer got up to leave the room and uh, to get copies or something. And she looked at him and said, "Are we doing the right thing?" And he said, no. <laughs> so, so they started to date secretly so that uh, the kids didn't know. Amazing. And she basically took him by the hand and they started to do these openings together. And now today, 34 years later, they are these be- this beautiful conscious couple that started off kind of where you two did yeah. a long time ago, a long, long time ago. So it can happen. I think it takes one person taking the lead and and maybe affirming the other, you know, cr- providing some safety, affirmation, encouragement. You know, maybe it's just small bites. It's not the full cake. You know, it's like, let's just try this thing. Are you open to this? It feels this way for me, and I love it. And it's it you know creates this in me, and and I'm really curious about this. Would you be well? Would you be willing to join me? I'd love to have you with me. Mm-hmm. Little bite sizes, and sometimes you can do that, and it's just time for separate parts, and you'll know. That's the other thing. Like you might start to question it, but really, I know personally, spirit tells you when it's time. And if you don't recognize it, something will come from the outside and create it. Yeah. That's happened to me time and time again. So 
I, uh, I, I really want to encourage folks, if you have that desire, introduce something small at first. Tell them why it's important to you. And encourage, 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 encourage. Don't criticize. And then just trust the path. Trust your own path. And yeah. it'll be revealed in the right time. It really will. Either they'll grow with you or they won't. But yeah. that's your soul's journey. And you will be guided. And it'll really be revealed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and just spot on. Um, we, we are so in alignment with how we <laughs> look at these <laughs> very difficult conversations and questions and you know one one um question that i've you know posed to people in this position which of course i never tell anyone like oh wow it sounds really bad you should definitely leave the relationship or oh my gosh you got to stay obviously i never say that um but the question of you know okay we're seeing this disconnect you've tried 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 how will you feel in six months if nothing has changed yeah how will you feel in a year if nothing has changed how will you feel in five years if nothing has changed and it really puts the person into um you know that mode of evaluating the future and if if they can live this way because you can't expect your partner to change. You have to be okay with the fact that they might say, no, I'm not, I don't want to. And it really does kind of put it right into your face of like, damn it, this is a non-negotiable for me. I have to have someone that's willing to grow with me in this particular way, whatever it is. And it really does put it in, in front of your face because yeah, it's scary. It's scary when your partner doesn't want to come along and is obstinate for whatever reason. Um, and it, it's scary to think like of of life a different way, even if that other way will be more fulfilling for you. You know, it's yeah. still letting go a piece of you know of your identity and embracing a new one. But that can be a really scary place for people. I wanted to say too, a really good relational inventory to take is: Am I getting enough in this relationship to grieve the loss of what I'm not getting? Because mm -hmm. Relationship is going to give you everything. And there's going to be things that you have to let go of. But am I getting enough to grieve the loss of what I'm not getting? That's so really good. good. Oh yeah. my God. Damn. Yeah, that's a really beautiful way to put it because you do have to weigh the like, yeah, could I go the rest of my life without this? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I could. I And I'll accept that. Or, you know, uh, because I'm getting so much, I'm getting so many other things and so many other nutrients from my relationship that this, it, it can, it can not be there and I can be okay. But sometimes mm -hmm. not, that's not the case. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way to put it. I'm going to remember that. Mm, I have to credit Terry Real with that one. I've used it before, but he puts it that way. And I think it's just so clear. Yeah. 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 yeah I love that. I, I was going to add in, and, just the, the piece about bite-sized um, little nuggets of snacks towards another way is like a really powerful point because I think that it can feel like drinking from the fire hose oftentimes, even when you get a partner who's like, all right, I'm enrolled, let's do this. But they're starting from like zero and it feels overwhelming. There's so many, you know, in you 
even just look in like conscious relationships or like masculine and feminine uh polarity and dynamic there's books and courses and teachers and all of a sudden your algorithms on social media you're feeding all of this to you and you're like holy shit this is so much and um the way that i really like to look at this is um you know it's not unlike a a physical health journey where if you're if you're in a relationship that is one partner's more inclined to changing the family trajectory of health and let's say they want the whole family to start eating better and moving a little bit more and it takes usually the you know the mom or the the wife in these cases to enroll everybody into this type of activity it's really important to take on bite-sized pieces not unlike um you would very slowly start engaging a movement practice you probably wouldn't go straight into the gym if you've never worked out before and put you know 250 pounds on your back and try to squat or have some of these more heavy load type uh, exercises you really would start pretty slowly and you would build a relationship with uh exercise and with nutrition that was able to see benefits but push you just to where it was like just out of reach and so you're nurturing this relationship of a little bit of hard work pushes me past my point of comfort gives me feedback that i'm feeling better and now i'm in another a higher place to begin sort of this next cycle of learning and i think that same practice with consciousness and relationship or evolving relationship is really important as well because those critical components to the basics like let's just call them the basic pillars of health or the basic pillars of of a more mature evolved relationship are to be mastered they're definitely not to be skipped and it's only when you've had so many reps through them that of course you can transcend those structures and be able to live a little more intuitively through relationship dynamics and wear these different hats and all of that i think sometimes gets to the cart too far ahead of the horse because the basics definitely need to be be nailed and done so in very bite-sized pieces and so i love that you brought that up because it can seem overwhelming it can seem repulsive or a little too like esoteric if you're not actually breaking it down into chapters mm-hmm. that that in order can be consumed with some level of feedback along the way that this is working because i think especially for men especially for masculinity if there's something that they stretch towards and it's outside of their comfort zone but within a reasonable amount of time they're given the feedback that it's working they will get very interested in that there's a compulsive almost neurotic nature with the feedback (laughs) of succeeding that they will really really want to continue down so i think ensuring that structure exists is is a pretty important component yeah absolutely i really enjoy being with you too yeah what a what a gift we could we could talk to you for hours i'm sure of it yeah i just love you know you have such a a calming energy about you and i'm sure you hear that all the time uh it's just really even over zoom i can can feel it and um Mm -hmm. it's like just so balanced and peaceful and it's it's just been a joy to talk with you today oh thank you and really a reflection for you (laughs) yeah yeah it's sweet to see how the two of you have worked done the work and i know it's not perfect um and but it's the commitment is obviously clear and and yeah, it's it's beautiful to be in this flow of conversation together. And I really appreciate you having me on. 
Yeah, yeah. it's been a blast. It's awesome. Where can people find more of you, work with you, just consume uh, all of the goodness that you're putting out? <laughs> Everything is on my website. So it's kathycourtney.com. And I'm sure you, will you put the link in the show notes? and uh or on instagram but my website is a great place to find to find me and and the things that i do awesome yeah we will definitely have all the links in the show notes for you guys kathy thank you so much for being here it was just a, a joy to to talk to you and to get to you know gift your your wisdom to our listeners and to us you know yes we are <laughs> recipients of this wisdom as well and we we receive it with open arms because you know we've we've found that when we keep this good everything in our life it's like the center spoke of the wheel <laughs> that we both yeah. do contribute to that everything else in our life seems yep. to get better and flourish even more when this is nourished mm -hmm. um and yeah getting to to speak with you is is a, a beautiful reminder of that so mm. so much thank you Rainy. thank you chase it was a pleasure and uh hopefully we'll connect again in the future much uh love Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Check out the show notes for all the links. If something resonated and you want to work with Kathy um, and we would appreciate if you liked this episode, if anything resonated with you, send it to a friend, someone you love, or just share it on your social media. That really helps get this message out and, you know, also contribute to a more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.